Kyle Charters here filling in for Jared this afternoon. I will be back again on Friday, then all of next week. So excited to spend a little bit of time talking sports with you. Also excited to talk a little bit of Purdue basketball with Sam King of the Journal and Courier, who joins us on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, Sam, we could ask you about any athlete at all in Tippecanoe County. We'll try to narrow it down today to Purdue Boilermakers on the basketball team, uh, one of many beats that you cover. Uh, I saw you out there at the Fan Day, of course, on on Saturday, taking advantage of the football bye week. Um, first of all, thanks for coming on the, the show. Uh, basketball season is here, uh, and certainly there's a, a heck of a lot of anticipation about Matt Painter's team. Yeah, and uh, you know the fact that the football team is 2-5 and five doesn't hurt either because you, you get those fans maybe transitioning into basketball mode earlier than, you know, they probably hoped to a couple months ago. But it was a nice turnout for a free event, and obviously with what that team accomplished last year and with what has returned, uh, and then now with, you know, the rankings coming out and Purdue being in a number two or number three spot, depending on which poll you follow, uh, obviously there's a lot of hype around this team. Now it's, uh, you know, can, can Purdue live up to that? And uh, so far, I guess, the team is is 500 because you've got three tips <laughs> yourself. Yeah. yeah, I made that observation uh, uh, this morning as well. I, I don't know if that bodes well or, or not. Does that mean Purdue's a national championship team uh, being 3-3? Three and three? Not sure. Uh, Zach Eady on the All-American team AP announced today. Uh, in what ways can Zach Eady be even better this year than what he was last year? He made a huge jump. From two seasons ago to last year, I don't think he can make anywhere near his jump from last year to this year, but he probably can be better. In what ways do you think he can? Well, yeah, and he he probably will be better without producing the same stat line. Yeah. Uh, last year, it was so heavily leaned uh, towards getting the ball inside to to Zach and letting him uh, let the offense kind of flow through him. And now you've got other options and and a couple new pieces, but. I think leadership more than anything. He's confident. He played with the Canadian national team, uh, playing with and against NBA players um, in the off season, which he said helped him kind of learn the speed of the game and physicality of you know what it's like to be a pro a little bit more. So that only benefits Zach. It only benefits Purdue. And I think now you're going to see you know probably not a guy with 24 points and 13 rebounds a game, but uh, who will command a lot of attention, which hopefully will open up things for Trey Kaufman-Wren, for Braden Smith, for uh, Fletcher Lawyer, whoever else it might be. I mean, there's a, a lot of them. There's a, a lot of depth on this team, and I think that's probably how he helps the most is maybe what the increased stat lines will be for the players around Zach Eby. You know, Purdue has talked a little bit about playing uh, different stylistically this year. I think we saw some of that during the fan day scrimmages. Uh, you know, we saw Zach Eady and Trey Kaufman Wren together a couple of times. We anticipate that that will be uh, Purdue's starting front court this year. I think it gives the Boilermakers some different options, though maybe some concern defensively. We saw Braden Smith and Zach Eady a little bit in the, the two-man game, a high pick and roll. Uh, those are two of the instances I think that we'll see uh, a, a slightly different Boilermaker team. What are some of the others uh, in your anticipation, or if you want to expand on those that you anticipate that we'll see this year? Yeah, well, I think 
one thing is, and I know Miles Colvin did not play well, I don't think, on Saturday, but uh, I don't think it's indicative of what kind of a player he can be. Uh, he's extremely athletic. Uh, Cam Heidi is extremely athletic. And those were things that uh, maybe were missing. Uh, you know, Lance Jones was uh, pretty impressive, just the, the quickness that he showcased. I didn't know he had that. I knew coming in from Southern Illinois, he was a, you know, a defensive-minded guard maybe, uh, who could shoot the three, but he showed uh, great ability to get downhill. I think he got a, a ball with about four seconds left in, in one of those sessions and got all the way to the basket, and even though his layup didn't go in, it was it was pretty impressive that he was able to just to, to get a shot off in that amount of time and a relatively nice look, too. Uh, that athleticism is going to be key, especially when uh, you talk about playing some of these more athletic teams on the schedule uh, this year, whoever you end up seeing and the Maui invites and those games uh, with Arizona on the schedule. And uh, that's going to be a, a big benefit because, you know, nothing against Brandon Newman uh, last year or David Jenkins, but they were not guys who were going to break you down and get to the baskets uh, like some of these guys who have been brought in can. Talking to Sam King of the Journal and Courier on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, Sam, what do you think about that combination of Zach Eady and Trey Kaufman-Ren in the front court? We saw it for a couple of the scrimmages on Saturday. It seems as though, at least offensively, it can be a, a dynamic matchup, dynamic combination, uh, which is interesting considering the guys, even though they're different players, have some of the same skill set. They both like to post up on the block, for sure. Uh, and defensively, it might be interesting at times to see how Purdue matches up. But, man, it seems like there's an opportunity for Purdue to uh, really be dynamic in the front court with two guys who can score uh, in a variety of different ways. Certainly, Kaufman can step outside and shoot it maybe a little bit more consistently. But it seems like uh, Purdue has uh, something working a bit there. Yeah, it should be. Uh, and I talked to, to Zach about this the other day. It should be an interesting dynamic because you have to, uh, as he said, pick your poison because uh, I don't think people realize how offensively skilled in the post Trey Kaufman-Ren is. And Matt Painter had said numerous times last year he thinks that uh, the Kaufman's going to be an all-Big Ten post player before he, he leaves Purdue. And we've seen that in, in Burt, uh the one game that Zach Eady missed last year. I think Trey had something like 24 points or 22 points. And then uh, the game that really impressed me was uh, – he came in at Michigan and went right at Dickinson and uh, and really uh, held his own against a, a player of that caliber in a situation where he hadn't played many minutes, and then you're going up against one of the premier post players in the league. So I think that's uh, you know going to be a, a dangerous weapon, especially if Purdue can shoot the three as well as uh, we think it should be able to. That was a, a problem last year at times, and at times it was a great asset to Purdue, but I think that there's going to be a lot of open looks for Braden Smith, for Fletcher Lawyer, Mason Gillis, uh, whoever it might be uh, out on the perimeter. You know, we're all sort of fairly certain about four of the five starters, at least to open the season for Purdue, uh, Edie, uh, TKR, Smith, Lawyer. Uh, that that small forward position or, or third guard it seems more and more like that might be Lance Jones, right? I, you know, Purdue had so many options uh, at that spot. Ethan Morton, who played a lot there last year, you could go uh, with the athleticism of 
a couple of the young guys in Colvin and Heidi. But it, it, it looks like Purdue and Matt Painter might be leaning toward the veteran in Lance Jones because he is, as you pointed out earlier, more than uh, just an athlete who shoots a little bit. Um, he, he did get to the basket, looks like a pretty versatile guy. Uh, it's a possibility that he, he fills that spot, at least at the start of the season. Yeah, and, and I think what, uh, especially if you're a Purdue historian, uh, fans will appreciate as he plays defense, uh, on-ball defense very well. He's a, a lockdown defender, and I think for the last couple of years was uh, in the running for the Missouri Valley Conference uh, Defensive Player of the Year Award. So uh, that, that'll that help you get on the floor, and I know that that was, was kind of Ethan Morton's role last year, but uh, Lance Jones just a little bit more versatile in what he can do. Uh, as far as being athletic, uh, that said, Ethan Morton was somebody who really impressed me on Saturday, uh, going in as, you know, as that kind of like backup point guard with the team that, that Braden Smith wasn't on, uh, what he's been able to do. So, uh, it's going to be interesting because, you know, as Matt Painter pointed out after those scrimmages, uh, we have a lot of really good basketball players who aren't going to see the floor some games and, and aren't going to play many minutes when they do. So that's a good problem to have, but also, um, you know, if you're that talented, you want to try to earn your playing time. But I, I think that only is going to make, uh, you know, competition for those spots uh, better in practice and bring out hopefully the best in everybody. Yeah, Purdue arguably here goes uh, 11, 12 deep. Uh, and really probably that 13th man, Will Berg, I-, I think could be playing for a lot of teams. He's just lost in a in a number shuffle here, and he has the the least amount of experience and probably the, the most room uh, to still grow as a player, even though he has moments uh, like he did on Saturday where you're like, well, th- this guy has the, the ability to play here a little bit, uh, just not likely to be in the mix for this season. Uh, Purdue cannot go 12 deep. You, you, you just cannot play 12 guys, especially once you get to the Big Ten season. How do you see all of that shaking out? Well, that's why you play an exhibition game uh, at, Arkansas, which is, you know, this isn't some NAI school, Division three school that typically some of these games would be against. This is a, you know, a high-caliber opponent on the road um, right off the bat. So it is against a, a you know, a high major, a really good ranked team, but you still don't have the pressure of winning and losing. You can experiment a little bit and learn about yourself um, in a big, big-time environment feel. And then, you know, some of these non-conference games are, are huge opponents, but you can still tinker with the lineup a little bit, and then you're right. As you get into the Big Ten season, I think that's usually when we've seen uh, Matt Painter shrink his lineup, uh, his rotations down to seven, eight in the past, and uh, he's going to play the guys that, that are, you know, the best probably eight, nine players. And uh, some nights that may change, but I don't see him going eleven or twelve deep. You just you don't do that in college basketball, and uh, that's unfortunately for. For the situation, um, the circumstance you find yourself in when you recruit so well for your program that you get the guys that that fit those roles. Um, yeah. Camp Heidi is a, a freak athlete. I mean, if if Dominique Wilkins has trademarked the human highlight reel nickname, he should he should let Cam Heidi borrow it for a little bit because <laughs> that guy's going to do some things that uh, probably show up on Sports Center top ten. But I don't know that he's going to play consistent minutes to where you know you can expect something like that all the time but yeah there's this probably as much talent depth wise as i've seen in you know the many years that i've been watching purdue basketball yeah heidi's baseline reverse jam on saturday was uh, a thing of beauty uh, that was, uh, 
Well, it's a nice play. You just, as you said, you don't know uh, if he's going to play uh, enough to be able to see that uh, every game. Uh, maybe we will down the line, but uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of good players at that spot for Purdue. Uh, Sam, before we let you go, one big concern right now. Do you have one big thing? I know that everyone's big concern come March will be. Uh, will Purdue hit shots, and will it be mentally tough enough uh, in that first-round game where it will be challenged by a double-digit seed and will have to overcome itself, I think, uh, to make sure that it gets the victory? That's for then. Do you have anything right now that uh, you feel like is a concern? Uh, I don't want to say it's a concern, but Miles Colvin on Saturday missed the, an open three from the corner, and uh, then I think he let that get to him a little bit and, yeah. and went and blame the ball into the ground, and I know that uh, Terry Johnson, assistant coach, there was a timeout right after that, and he said, hey, like we want you to take that shot. You're not always going to make that shot. Um, don't compound it by getting a technical foul by doing something stupid out of frustration. And I think there's going to be some learning lessons for um, some of the younger players as the season goes along, especially as success that uh, undoubtedly will come happens. You know, Purdue's not going undefeated, uh, regardless of you know, what you look at with the Ken Palm ratings and all of that, uh, there's going to be nights where we're produced struggles and it's going to be like, how, how do these players rebound from that? And last year I felt like, uh, the team responded pretty well to adversity. Um, but the expectations are going to rise and you're right. That narrative of losing, uh, to a 16 seed in the first round is going to be something that has already been asked about ad nauseum to the point where, you know, those of us who are around every day, like myself, like Newbert, um, we, we kind of roll our eyes at it because you get these, these national media or Indianapolis media people coming in and that's, that's what they want to ask about. And, uh, it's going to be something that just doesn't go away until you change that narrative. Yeah. We're going to get a chance to do that this year. Uh, it won't be here soon. It'll be, uh, later on this season. Uh, Sam, I'm sure we will talk to you again. Thanks as always for your time. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks very much. That's, uh, Sam King of the Journal and Courier joining us on the Hammerhead Hotline. Let's take a break. I'll come back. Some of my observations as well from the Fan Day scrimmages. That's coming up next. This is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017.